0: Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church, Doncaster, in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to (laughs) Bastian. Well you might be a bit surprised to actually see me up here this morning and certainly I wasn't expecting to be up here this morning until last week where um, I actually volunteered to do this week's preaching because the person who was scheduled to do it was very busy so Owen said he would do this week's forgetting that he was actually away this weekend so I thought well that's okay I'll step in and I'll, uh, I'll rescue the day forgetting what a week I had in front of me because I've been working this week then coming home and painting and decorating until quite late on at night I've had an away day with our team at work um, done the small group leaders course on Thursday and really the the preparation time for this has been almost nil (laughs) and um, I've got to admit that as I suddenly realised what a busy week I had and how difficult it was going to be to get anything done on paper, I kept on flagellating myself with this phrase, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. And I kept on saying, come on, you're supposed to be able to preach the word. You know, the Bible tells you whether you're in season or out of season, you should have something that you can print. And it really kept on going through my head all week. And it was only that, that phrase from 2 Timothy. And um, when I finally started making my notes, I realised that the reason that that kept going through my head all week is because God was actually trying to speak to me. And I was too busy flipping myself with it, thinking I wasn't getting anything, to actually worry about what God was saying to me. So finally when I sat down last night and put stuff down on paper, things just started coming. And isn't God fantastic that he does that? And the verses are from 2 Timothy 4. And it's verses 1 through 4, and it says this. This is Paul writing to Timothy. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but will have engineers. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. I think we're already in that day, aren't we? But when I started looking at the verse and putting it into context, the first thing that struck me about this is that God has charged us all with the Great Commission, hasn't he? He's charged us all to go out and make disciples to the nation of the nations. But that is not the only charge he's given us. In Romans 12, we're told that we are a body. The church is a body, and it's repeated again in Corinthians. But in Romans 12, it says that we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts in his exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. That's not a comprehensive list of what we've been given. When the Bible talks about what is given from God to us gift wise... It does it in several places and the lists don't match because there's just so much that the body needs if it's going to work effectively that you could write a massive list of them. But God gives us gifts, he charges us with duties for us to fulfil as a body. And you might think that when you look around a church there's probably people that if you weren't in a church organization with them, you might never have met or might never have anything in common with. And you can often think that as a church you've been brought together by accident. But the Bible tells us that we're not brought together by accident. The Bible tells us God builds us, that God gives to the church gifts in order to build the church up so that the church body can work effectively. If you're sitting here today as a member of this church, you're sitting here as a member, not because you came in and liked us, which I hope you did actually, because that's always a good starting point, but because God brought you into a fellowship where he knew you could play a part and give something back to what has been established here. We're called to serve one another We're called to look after one another. We are called to build a church. God chose you to build this church. Not just even David, not just Chris and Anna, Dr. Specky and I, Joel, you're chosen. Martin, you're chosen. Mark, you're chosen. Everyone here is chosen. Has anyone ever watch sharp on telly? Yeah? What's their proud boast? That we are chosen men, handpicked for the job. And that's what we are. We're chosen people, handpicked for the job that God has given us to do. 1 Peter 2, Peter puts it this way. He says that you're a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Isn't that fantastic? We are a chosen people. But not just a chosen people, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people that God wants to own. When John came down from um, York the other week, he spoke about ownership, didn't he? When he talked about the prodigal son, he spoke about what was given to him when the father came back. Can anyone remember what the three things were? Ring, a robe and sandals. Can anyone remember what they represented? The ring was? The, the ring was a signet ring showing that you belonged in the family. You were able to use the family seal. What was the robe? Righteousness. Robe of righteousness. And the sandals was? Works. Equipping to do works. Well done. That's not bad just to say you have no notes in front of you. <laughs> God has chosen us into his family to do his works. And the works that he's called us to do are to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into marvelous light. Isn't that a fantastic calling? We are a people on a mission. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you're a people on a mission? It's fantastic thought. But well, what is that mission? To boldly go. <laughs> well. <laughs> it's true. To boldly go where no Christian has gone before. To seek out new converts. Yeah. We are called to mission. We are a people. Who have a common purpose in life. But we all have different roles to play. In that mission. The reference to Star Trek there was quite deliberate, actually, because if you think about Star Trek, they all wore different coloured uniforms that represented the role that they played in the team, didn't they? And you never ever wanted to wear a yellow one if you were on an away trip. Because if you wore a yellow uniform on an away trip, chances were you weren't coming back. At least in Kirk's days, before they got all politically correct and nobody ever ever got lost. (laughs) We all have responsibilities within the church, Even if you don't know it yet. Every part of the body has a specific role to play. In 1 Corinthians 12 it says this. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot shall say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. giving greater honour to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. I think that is a fantastic example of how we are supposed to function as a church because we're all aware how our body functions aren't we? you know, whenever you don't want to hear anything it's dead easy to put your fingers in your ears and go la 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 la, I can't hear you, isn't it? because we know by doing that we cut off our sense of hearing you know, there's those famous three monkeys isn't there, they see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil monkeys you know, we know how to control things and uh, for those who are parents of young children There's one sense that you're fantastic at controlling it, isn't it, just by pitching your nose. (laughs) Especially around about nappy time. We all are familiar with the workings of our body. We know what our hands do, we know what our feet do, we know what our legs do. We know how we would be if we lacked any part of our body. We wouldn't be functioning properly. You have a role to play. And I think a beautiful thing about this is it talks about the parts of the body that are on display but also the parts of the body that remain unseen. Not everything that the body does is seen by the public. And later on in Corinthians when it's talking about gifts it talks about gifts such as administration. You know, administration is a gift given to us by God. Somebody's got to do the paperwork for the church. But we'd never ever see them out front on a Sunday filling in forms, do we? Or writing the checks. But it's a task that has to happen for the church to function. And there's lots of other tasks that happen for the church to function. Someone brought the PA along and set it up today. Someone put the chair out that you're sat on. Someone, hopefully, is going to make a cup of coffee at the end of this for me. You know... (laughs) There's lots of roles and responsibilities in a church other than the ones that are up front and seen. What we've got to do is find where our level is in the church and in the body. And the fantastic thing about those gifts that I was saying are those are the hospitable gifts. Those are the things that make people feel welcomed when they come to church. Even if your gift is just going up and saying hello to someone it still makes them feel welcomed. And for a lot of people coming into the church, the fact that people have gone to effort to welcome them, to speak to them, to set up the chairs, to make them a cup of coffee or whatever, will speak a lot more to them than what anyone says at the front on a Sunday. It really is... It really is important that we realise that the parts we play have a direct impact on what the church is trying to do. No matter how small a part you feel you're eh, playing. Certainly if you were all sat on the floor, I think we'd be moaning a bit that nobody put the chairs out. But do we ever thank the people who put the chairs out? Don't know. I'm going to show my age now because people of my age will remember that Bupa... I think it was back in the early 90s or 80s, they ran a series of adverts that looked at the, the human body. Does anyone remember them? They would say things like, the human eye is designed like this, and it can see a lip match from 10 miles away, you know, just to show you how, how incredible the human eye was. And it would go through different other function of the body, you know, like the way hearts beat, how many times a heart beats in its life, and things like that. But always at the end of the advert... Having told you how incredible the body was, I would finish with this phrase. You're special, and we want to keep you that way. And to show you how special you were, um, if anyone's ever read Bill Bryson's book, A Short History of Nearly Everything, which I think is the best science book ever written. He points out that at an atomic level, I'm no different to this music stand. When you break things down to the atomic level, there's absolutely no difference between me and this. Now some of you have spent an evening with me, would probably think that on a social level, there's probably no difference between me and the music stand as well. Becky's <laughs> nodding her head there. It's <laughs> when your wife does that. But there is one major difference. The thing that makes me special, and makes this a music stand... It's the fact that in Genesis we're told that we're here because God breathed His life into dust and created us humans. He breathed life into dry bones and created us, or chose us. The body is important. The church body is important. It's important that the church body functions. That's why when New Testament talks about church, it talks about body, it compares it to the human body. If the body's not functioning properly, people do notice. Now if I said you to think of Stephen Hawking in your head just now, I'll bet you that most of you would think of him in a wheelchair, using a voice synthesizer to speak. How many people would think of him as one of the greatest minds, scientific minds, that we've got in the world today. You know, the guy's IQ is off the scale, but when you think about him, what's your instant picture you get in your head? It's not his scientific achievement, but it's the broken body in a wheelchair, isn't it? It wasn't always that way with him. As a child, he used to go horse riding. When he went to Oxford, he coxed one of their um, rowing teams. But when he was 21, he was diagnosed with motor neuron disease. In later life, he got pneumonia. And it was life-threatening pneumonia. And the only way that they could save his life was to put an emergency tracheomy. I can't even say it now. <laughs> <laughs> Tracheostomy. <and> thank you. <laughs> I even sp- wrote it down so I would say, say it. Having done that, he lost what was what little ability to speak he actually had, and that's why he has to start using this um, synthesiser now, the voice synthesiser, to speak. People know all this about him. If I turn round to you and says, "What can you tell me about his theories?", how many would know? How many would know about his theories on black holes and quantum physics? Anyone? Not a single person. Because we notice when things aren't working more than we notice when things are going well, when things are great in a body. And it doesn't matter what greatness the other parts of the body actually obtain. The faults are always there for people to see. If we're going to build an effective church that is scalable and is going to reach Doncaster, then we need to function as a body. That's why it's important as we grow in numbers, there's more people on a Sunday putting out chairs. Otherwise we'll be starting to worship and they'll still be at the back. Like <laughs> <laughs> Got an image of Speedy Gonzalez or the Roadrunner having to put out the chairs in <laughs> future. <laughs> it has to be scalable. The body has to function um, effectively, which means more people get involved in the task. So, you're probably wondering how I've got onto all this, given that I started back in 2 Timothy, saying be ready in season and out of season, and saying that's the only thing that God had given me all week. And the reason is this. Because whilst I was going through the week going, oh woe is me, why did I volunteer, I'm never going to be able to do anything on Sunday, I have no time. God was speaking to me. I was just feeling too sorry for myself to actually realise that God had been speaking to me. And the big problem we've got as humans is that we often let our personal circumstances come in and use them as an excuse for not playing our part in what the church is doing. You know, you look at, we look at ourselves, don't we, and we think, well, how can I do that today when this has been happening in my life? How can I do this when I know I've been doing this? And it's because we've got an upside-down view of ourselves as people. We've got an upside-down view of ourselves as Christians. You see, God does look at us and tell us that you're special. And he says, I want to keep you that way. But we're not special because of who we are. There was nothing great about any of us before we came into church. God is what is special about us. We're special because of who God is, not because of who we are. We're special because of what Jesus done on the cross for us. Not because of what we are able to do in the church. We're never ever selected by God because of our abilities. We're selected by God for our weaknesses. The Bible tells us that he'll use us in our weaknesses. We're not set apart to draw people to us. But we're set apart to draw people into a relationship with the true and living God. So we're told that we must be ready in season and out of season. Because God knows that if he left it up to us they we're just like chaff blown about in the wind, aren't we? If we have a good day then it's great. We'll do all this for God. We'll go out on the streets. We'll do treasure hunting. We'll preach this The spirit to people will preach the good news. But goodness, if we've had a knock, it's like, oh, I'm not going out today. I can't be bothered. I'm going to stay at home. I need time to relax. Oh, You'll never believe what's happened to me this week. We're chaff. We get blown about so easily. We often feel worthless and sorry for ourselves. And in those times, it's far too easy to start making excuses, to start missing meetings, and to start withdrawn from what God has given us to do in his body. And you know, when we're feeling sorry for ourselves, when we think we've had a bad week, when we think we've been too busy, when we think that we're absolutely worthless, do you know what God thinks of us? Do you know what God would probably say to us? I can tell you, if he was going to sing us a song, it would be I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden. But God would say, come on, get up and just get on with things. You know, life's always going to be like this. But there's so much more when you're in my kingdom. Come on, let's move forward. Let's get up, let's play your part. Because when you finally make the effort and get along to church, when you finally start praising God, worshipping God, when you're part of the body, talking to people, fellowshipping, Your spirits rise again, don't they? Isn't it odd that we all know that? But when we're not, we stay away from where we know we're going to get our spirits raised. It's incredible. You know, if I'd been thinking last Sunday, instead of doing my normal and just reacting first, I'd never volunteered to preach today because in my mind, I'd have thought, I'm decorating this week. I've got the small group leaders on, there's cell group, there's the the work away day, there's uh, two children to to spend time with and look after, there's got to get some marriage time with Becky, there's oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. You know, I would have been like that and I thought, no, somebody else is going to have to do the preach on Sunday. But the truth of it was, being me, And Becky will tell you this is true of me. I jumped in with both feet. Then thought about the consequences once I was in the situation. But the truth is that having done that, God honoured it. Because even when I didn't think I had time to do the preach, all the time that I was going round in my head, I don't have time to do the preach, I don't have time to do the preach, God was speaking to me saying... He prepared in season out of season. And I'm like, yeah, I know that, but, but what am I going to preach on? What am I going to preach on? Staffed. <coughs> daft. It really is staffed. God honoured the fact that I was prepared to stand up and say, yeah, I'll go send me. God will honour you when you decide to stand up and say, yeah, I'll do it. I'll help with PA. I'll put the chairs out. I'll make the coffee this week. God's given me a word, I'll print it. The church has this requirement, I'll do it. God honours us. God knew the week I was going to have. And because he knew that week, he knew that whenever my mind was focused on the sermon, he had to keep putting the same phrase in my head, so I finally clicked and got it. God honoured the decision to step up to the crease. Now you're going to hear something that I bet you'd never hear in your lifetime. You're going to hear a Scotsman give a cricket an example. Because you see, something that I was thinking of last night when I was trying to think of a good example for it was a cricketer who's waiting in the pavilion to be called to bat. at the end of the day, especially in a test match, they might be stuck there for hours. Days, if they're lucky in England's case maybe moments <laughs> I don't know enough about cricket to know that's true Mark <laughs> but the whole thing about them is all the time that they're in the pavilion they're not just eating cucumber sandwiches and drinking tea are they they're mentally preparing themselves on the idea that they could be called out at any moment Even if you're the fourth one in. If the bowler gets a hat trick, you're going to be in in ten minutes time, aren't you? Goodness. It worries me how much I've learnt about cricket since I moved down here. (laughs) You've got to stay focused. And you've got to be prepared to step up to the crease when called. That's all that God asks of us. Not that we've got to be fantastic people. Not that we've got to work out our salvation and do all these fantastic things because we just heard today that salvation is free. We don't have to work out or work at getting saved. There's no list of things that we have to do to get into heaven because it's God's grace that gets us into heaven. But we have to be ready to take on the charge that has been given to us, to take responsibility for what God has said to us. That we've got to do. And if we can accept the charge that God's given to us. And be prepared to use our gifts when God calls us to. Then this church is going to go places. Because we are going to be a people that will attract people. Because they're going to see something that is living. Something that is functioning properly. And something that represents what the church should be. The church is a body. We're part of that body, and we're special, chosen people, and God's going to keep us that way. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk